Paul Martin's Fine Films and Audiobooks presents The Witch and the Wolverine An Original Fairy Tale by Paul Martin Copyright 2016 Read by the Author There was once on a time, in a magical world, a poor shepherd boy named Hans. He lived in a small hut with his father and his younger sister, Emerald. Several years earlier, their mother had gone into the woods and disappeared. The father did not seem to care, but spent his days drinking beer that he bought with what little money they had. His father was a lazy and angry man, who made hands tend the sheep and Emerald clean up the hut. They mostly worked all day long. They were often hungry, as he did not feed them well. They got their food from picking berries, mushrooms and roots out in the woods. They also milked their pet goat to get more sustenance. The only time they got a decent meal was when their father compelled hands to slaughter a lamb and eat it. Every night... Hans and Emerald would pray as their mother taught them. Please God, deliver us from our hunger, suffering and pain. Make our lives better. Emerald would often say, How I wish you were a handsome prince, and me a beautiful princess, and that we lived in that castle atop the mountain in the distance, for there was a magnificent palace above the mountain. Emerald was allowed to sleep in the house every night on some straw, while their father slept in the only bed in the hut. Some nights Hans was allowed to sleep inside. Other nights he had to sleep out in the grass tending the sheep from ravenous wolves. His only protection from the cold was his sheepskin clothing and a fire he would make. He had never had a confrontation with wolves, but dreaded the day this would happen. He drew comfort from a wooden crucifix necklace that his mother had made for him. Every Friday night the father would leave for the woods and not return until morning. He would return exhausted, often bruised, sometimes bloodied with jaded and glazed-over eyes before falling asleep in a heap in bed. He never gave any explanation of where he had been, and the children knew better than to ask him. One cold night, when Hans was out tending the sheep, he had wandered much further than usual, so that the sheep could graze more adequately. He could see a light in the distance. His torch had gone out, so he fought to approach the fire and get some warmth. That is, if the person tending it was agreeable to him warming up there. He had to walk through some woods. As he got nearer to the fire, he could see black silhouettes dancing around the fire. Suddenly, he was seized with a great feeling of terror and danger. He sensed something very evil was going on, but his desire to get warm drew him ever closer 
until he could see more. He stealthily crept up till he could count how many people there were. Thirteen. A woman with raised arms screamed, And now our sacrifice to Satan! Everyone except the woman wore black hoods. He watched as a chicken had its throat cut, and blood was put on the ground. Then it was thrown onto the fire. Then the coven began dancing around the fire with ecstasy. He slowly crept away, praying he would not be seen. Much later, he was back with his sheep, determined not to wander near there again. A few days later, Hans returned from tending the sheep and entered the hut. His father was happy, as Emerald was busy sweeping the floor. This time there was a visitor. She was a strange woman. Her skin was a light green colour, and her eyes blazed like fire. She looked evil. Hello, said Hans to the unexpected guest. She stared through him without saying a word in response. His father said, Now that you are both here, I will tell you something. I have decided to marry again. I have needs which you children would not understand. This is your new mother, Jade. Accept it. The children looked horrified but said nothing. The father said, Welcome her. They both kissed her on the cheek. Jade just stared at them. Are they useful? she asked. They're very lazy, said the father, but I make sure they earn their keep. She stared at hands for a few moments as though studying an object you buy at the marketplace. Then, without warning, she violently grabbed him by the arm and pulled him closer. She had a firm iron grip, and her hands were big like a man's, and so was her grip. She looked him up and down, felt his bicep. Hmm. I guess we'll see how useful he is, she muttered, before pushing him away like discarded refuse. Hans was very disturbed, for he recognised Jade's voice. The voice of the witch in the coven. He told Emerald all about it the next day when she brought him lunch while he was out herding the sheep. Oh, Hans, that is terrible, she exclaimed. Whatever will we do? First and foremost... We must trust God, like our mother taught us to do, before she disappeared, replied Hans, and we must be as wise as serpents. I wonder if mother disappeared or is dead, asked Emerald. I always sense that she watches over us, replied Hans. Sensing the great sadness, he hugged his sister, and they hugged for a long while. Then she said, I must hurry back to my chores, or father will whip me. Hans knew this was no idle threat. Later that evening, Hans returned home.
If living with Father was unpleasant, living with Jade was even worse. In the weeks that followed, it occurred to him that not once did Jade even say a word to Hans or Emerald. She talked about them, but never to them. And she talked about them the same way one talks about an animal. If they did something that displeased her, she would go to their father and complain about them to him, and get him to rebuke them. He never disagreed with her, and obeyed her every word. Jade was the head of the home. If the father was not there, she would simply throw hard objects at them, which occasionally hit them. Hands and Emerald slowly began to resent and utterly detest this vile woman who had invaded their home and treated them worse than animals. Yet, they did not dare complain to their father, knowing he did not care, and was completely in agreement with this nasty stranger over his own flesh and blood. Hans realised that living in these circumstances was intolerable. He also began to fear for his own safety, and even more so for his sister's. After all, was not God there to look after him? Did he not also sense his mother watching over him? Did he and his sister not get enough food from picking berries, mushrooms and roots? Why must they continue working all day long to live in a horrible hut with two evil and abusive adults who did not care if they lived or died? His only fear was that his sister might be too afraid to run away. He had to be brave and strong, so she would put her confidence in him and would look up to him. After he had plucked up enough courage, he silently prayed, Dear God, deliver me and my sister from these two evil people. Give me the strength of a wolf pack the courage of a valiant warrior, and the determination and ability to overcome all my enemies. Amen. He approached his sister and whispered that he wanted to talk to her outside. She walked out with him and they talked behind a tree. His sister hugged him in excitement when he explained his desire to run away. Oh, Hans, I have longed for the day you would have enough courage to do this. They continued talking, effectively distracted from his gut instinct that told him something was amiss. He looked up, and who should be standing over them but Jade? One terrifying look, and Emerald bolted for the hut. Then she grabbed hands with her iron grip and looked him in the eye. She also spoke to him directly for the first time, which hands found unnerving and was unprepared for. So, you ungrateful, vile little wretch, you know about the coven. 
You want to turn us into the authorities to be executed? Not on my watch. You are hereby exiled from this home and can wander away as a vagabond. Hans was trembling in fear and was too afraid to say anything in response. She let out a cruel smile and continued, Tonight at the coven I will cast a spell on you and turn you into a dumb animal, just as I turned your mother into something else. And as for your sister, I will sell her to slave traders, so you will never see her again. She will be abused by nasty men. Let us see if your God can do anything about that. Then she let out a huge cackling laughter. Hans fled in terror. He was greatly shaken up and living with dread, trying to barely comprehend all she had told him. He wanted badly to run back and rescue his sister, but his paralysing fear would not allow him to. He headed into the woods and had an idea. He began to feel his courage returning. He would find the witch in the woods and kill her. Only how? Then he thought of an idea. He would find a rock and throw it at her skull. Then he would return to the hut while his father was in a drunken stupor and rescue his sister. Following his instincts, he headed to where he remembered the coven met. At a small clearing, he found a fireplace full of charcoal. It was surrounded by tall trees. Just outside the clearing were some tall boulders with a tree atop them. He saw behind it a statue about the size of himself. It was of a man with a goat's head and an upside-down cross in one hand and a pentagram in the other. He looked at it in fear, fearing that this god might have the power to harm him. Then he remembered the faith his mother had instilled in him and thought about his sister. Courage and anger came to him and he picked up a rock and threw it at the statue and it broke into six pieces. The sun was almost down. It would soon be dark. He headed to the two rock boulders in the distance. He looked at the tree growing on top of the boulders and felt strangely drawn to it. He climbed up the soft bark and rested on a limb. Then a curious sight caught his eye. Something was dangling from the end of the branch. He crawled along the branch and saw a fancy arm bracelet hanging there. He pulled it over to himself. His heart almost missed a beat. It was a special bracelet made by his mother. She used to wear it around her arm. He felt a pang of heartache and sorrow as he realised how much he missed his mother and wondered what had become of her. Hans 
wept. He felt comforted by the tree that had been looking after something that had once been his mother's. Oh, how I miss you, mother, he said out loud. Aware that the coven would soon be approaching, Hans climbed down from the tree and sat between the boulders hidden from sight. After what seemed like an eternity, he heard voices approaching. They were carrying burning torches. All wore robes with hoods concealing their faces. Jade wore a dress with a pentagram and two upside-down crosses. They lifted their hoods. As he had suspected, his father was among them. His surrounding neighbours who owned the grain fields nearby were also there. Hans wanted to run out and hurl the rocket jade, but he was paralysed with fear. He also knew that they could all kill him easily. He now felt a great obligation to stay alive so he could rescue his sister from this satanic cult and report them to the authorities. He heard hysterical shrieks after they found their idol had been smashed. Jade called down curses upon whoever had done it and announced they were going to curse hands. Hands began silently praying for deliverance. Before he knew it, he was fast asleep in his rock fortress. He had a dream. The Lord Christ appeared before him. Hands spoke to him. Lord, please save me and my sister. Please prevent her from casting a spell on me. Please prevent my sister from being taken away by the slave traders. The Lord spoke. No, my son. I will not prevent these two things from happening. You have already asked me for something else. And you will get that instead. Before he could say anything more, Hans awoke. It was morning. The sun was up. He could smell the birds in the distance and flowers all about. But something felt very strange, very different. He looked and saw his sheepskin clothing lying crumpled on the ground. He proceeded to pick them up, but looked in shock and horror. He had no fingers. Instead of hands, all he could see was a pair of furry paws. His clothes also appeared bigger to him and so did everything he had seen last night. He had gotten much smaller. He tried standing up, but he could only do so for a few moments. He was walking on all fours, yet he did this with ease. He headed over to the river to look at his reflection. He got to the edge of the water and looked down. A wolverine stared back at him. The witch's curse had worked. Overnight, he had been transformed 
into an animal. It took him a few hours to get used to the changes, but after a while he was able to run around and do so quickly. New instincts and impulses began to come to him, but he could not forget who he was and his desire to rescue his poor sister. As the day wore on, he proceeded to head towards his old home. He could not work out how he would rescue his sister, but he wanted to be near her to stop her being sold or abused. He was also tormented by hunger. He saw a rabbit nearby and lunged for it by instinct, not realising that had he thought about it as a human, he would have never succeeded in catching it. But with his new body and capabilities, he outran it and soon was holding his dinner by the scruff of the neck. He proceeded to eat when he heard a snarl. He looked up. Two black evil eyes stared back at him. It was a wolf. Behind, a whole pack of wolves stared hungrily at him. The wolf growled. Hands sprang back in fear momentarily, but that was all the encouragement the alpha male needed as he began savaging Hans. But Hans's instincts kicked in and he fought back savagely. A few moments later, Hans realised he had bitten a chunk out of the wolf's throat. The pack leader lay dead at his feet. Hans looked in awe and wonder at his conquest. But not for long. The whole wolf pack lowered their heads and began to snarl. Hans's human intelligence and animal instincts suddenly came together for a devious and vengeful plan. He turned around and ran as fast as he could. The wolves' hunter instincts ran after him in fast pursuit. If he had wanted to escape, he could have simply climbed up a tall tree. But that was not his plan. Hans knew that at sundown his father and Jade would be drunk and in bed fast asleep. He ran as fast as he could in their direction. When he felt he was far ahead enough of the wolves, he headed straight to where the sheep were fenced off for the night. He leapt up near the gate and, using his mouth, lifted the latch and the gate flung open. The sheep panicked and fled out into the oncoming wolf pack. The wolves instantly forgot about their little foe and began falling savagely upon the flock of sheep. Within a few short moments, all of the sheep were either dead or had fled far away. His father's and Jade's sole livelihood was now gone. Hans killed the goat and ate it. Hans then climbed up to the table where his father's alcohol barrel was and leapt up against it. His push was all that was needed as the heavy barrel full of beer, smashed and poured out over the mud on the ground. Next, Hans spied a small metal shuttle, small enough to hold in his mouth. He scooped up a few burning coal embers from the outside fireplace. 
He then headed over to the nearby grain fields where his satanic neighbours lived. He dropped the embers all over the field, then fled as fast as he could. Within a few moments their year's crops had gone up in smoke. They did not wake up until their huts were burning down. In the two days that followed, Hans kept a safe distance and watched. He got incredible satisfaction seeing Jade and Father go insane with rage and wonder. Emerald ran away to the fields to get away from their rage. When Hans approached her, she ran away in fear. He tried to yell out to her, but all he could muster was a wolverine bark and snarl. He had lost his ability to talk. Oh, if only she knew. By the third day, Hans saw two men approaching the hut. They wore long white robes and had long beards. They had fat bellies as if they were used to living a life of luxury and ease. They had a smug look on their faces while they carried large bags in their hands. Hans looked at them. One of them saw him and picked up a rock. He threw it at the wolverine as if it were the most natural thing in the world to do. Hans ducked for cover while the men continued on their way. They walked up to the hut. Father walked out and knelt before them on two knees and touched their feet as an act of debasement. Greetings, masters, to my humble abode, he said. He turned around and glared at Jade, who took his cue and reluctantly did the same. These are the slave traders I told you about, Kak and Khalifa, he murmured to her. The men said nothing in response, as if it were beneath their dignity to even talk to them. There was a tense silence for a few moments, then the father said, I will go and get her. He brought out Emerald. The men grabbed her and studied her like she was a piece of meat. They then looked at each other and nodded. We will buy the girl, Khalifa said. Then Kak lifted a money bag full of gold coins and emptied them onto the dirt at their feet. The slavers derived satisfaction from seeing them frantically pick up every coin from the ground like chickens being fed. They tied Emerald's hands behind her back and a rope around her neck, then led her away. Hans was furious and ready to rip them apart, but he had to be careful. They carried scimitars. He stalked his prey from a distance. The three of them headed into the woods. Khalifa led the girl by a rope in front and Kak walked behind her. Hans was determined not to kill them, but had something else in mind. When they got through a very dense woody area of the forest, Hans lunged at Kak's heel and bit a chunk out of his flesh just above the heel. Kak 
let out a shriek, and Khalifa spun around with his scimitar out of its sheath. But it was too late. Kak's assailant had disappeared as quickly as he had appeared. Kak screamed in agony, not fully aware that he had just lost the use of his right leg and would either have to hop on his left leg or crawl on all fours. Then he screamed in horror as it dawned on him. These slave traders had callously inflicted untold torture and mutilation on their victims and were now about to be recompensed. Wait here! barked Khalifa, who got Kak to hold the girl while he proceeded to look for the culprit. He walked through the long, thick grass. Hans didn't dare try anything, knowing that Khalifa was super alert. Kak, on the other hand, was distracted by both the pain of the bite and making sure Emerald did not escape. Kak let out another scream as his left leg felt his tendon being ripped. Hans then bit him in the eye, leaving him half blind. While he was distracted by the pain, Hans did the other eye. Emerald made a run for it, only to almost choke on the rope around her neck. Khalifa had caught her just in time. Khalifa tied an extra rope around Kak's neck and led him like a dog to the coven's clearing. Khalifa started a fire. Kak screamed in protest, but Khalifa ignored him and put a hot iron to his leg wounds to stop the bleeding. Then Khalifa suddenly felt his left tendon being torn and saw the culprit, a vicious wolverine, he rolled over onto his back and drew out his scimitar in his right hand, but not before Hans sunk his teeth into Khalifa's hand, taking away a couple of fingers in the process. The pain was unbearable, and just then Khalifa's right leg met the same fate. Emerald Fearing the same fate awaited her, closed her eyes and screamed. She stopped suddenly. The wolverine licked her face. She stared for a few moments, trying to comprehend what was happening. Jade had bragged to her about turning hands into an animal. What animal? They had no idea. Then she looked at the creature... It was wearing a crucifix necklace, the same one Mother had made for Hans. Hans, is that you? she quivered. The wolverine nodded vigorously. She squealed in delight and hugged him furiously. Khalifa looked on in shock. He grabbed his scimitar with his left hand but he was no match for the fast wolverine who blinded him. Then he took the scimitars away and dumped them in the river. He bit the ropes off Emerald and got her to cauterize Khalifa's wounds so he wouldn't bleed to death.
The girl and the wolverine took all the money bags of gold off the slave traders and hid them between the boulders. Then the two of them left the men in the forest to fend for themselves. They wandered the forest crawling around looking for insects and berries to eat and drinking from the river. Their degradation was unbearable. Emerald asked Hans lots of questions. All he could do was nod or shake his head. Emerald had to intuitively think of questions so that he could give a response. Despite him being an animal, an emerald, a homeless vagabond, the two felt great joy being together again. That night the two of them sneaked back to the house. She opened the front door to the hut. Hans stole the gold coins from a bag. They had put them in, then quietly made his way outside and gave them to Emerald to hold. Then he noticed a new beer barrel had been put in the place of the old one, presumably bought with some of the gold they had acquired from selling Emerald. As if reading his mind, Emerald walked over and pushed it over so that it broke and spilled out into the mud. Hans found that they had bought some food which was in a basket. He grabbed it and handed it to his sister. He then signalled that they must leave with a head gesture. That night they feasted on cheese, bread, chicken and foods they had never eaten. The following night, the coven was due to meet. Hans had another plan. Emerald pleaded to be a part of it, but Hans snarled at her. She had to stay put and be very quiet. As the coven formed a circle around the fire, Jade put a cauldron of boiling oil atop the altar. The coven then engaged in licentious behaviour. While they were engrossed in their orgy, they did not see a lightning-fast animal approaching in the dark. The wolverine made a ferocious lunge for the cauldron and hit it as hard as he could before leaping away into the night. The cauldron tipped over and the boiling oil fell upon the Satan worshippers only moments before being ignited by the fire reaching the oil. Twelve human torches ran around shrieking in agony and torment before falling down still. The only survivor who got away in time was the priestess herself, Jade. She headed back to her hut, only to let out another shriek. The hut had been burned to the ground while she was gone. That morning, the wolverine led his sister up the mountain to talk to the princess of the palace. Hours later, Jade headed back to the coven clearing, since she was now destitute. She was armed with a sword and lance. As she approached, she heard voices. 
so sensing a need to be cautious, she crept up silently and just stopped herself from making a gasp. Standing in the clearing was Princess Helena. She was a beautiful young woman with blonde hair, olive skin and pale blue eyes. A big tall guard, heavily armed, stood at her side. They looked in amazement at twelve charred corpses, a broken statue of Satan, and other strange objects. The guard said, Your Highness, that little girl spoke the truth. This is a den of Satan worship. Indeed, Cedric, she replied soberly. We must report this back to the palace immediately and have the troops comb every nook and cranny of this forest. Jade realised she had to act now. A moment later, Helena gasped in shock as a lance hurtled through her bodyguard's throat. He collapsed on the spot. The princess instantly drew out her small sword and out came Jade to confront her. The two women did not exchange a word. No words were necessary. Both knew what they were dealing with. It was to be a violent, uncompromising fight to the death, with no mercy given or expected by either side. The princess had had years of training by knights in jousting and sword play, but she was no match for Jade's masculine arms and longer sword. Helena found herself retreating, and Jade knew it was a matter of time before she lay dead at the hands of a truly depraved and unworthy opponent. Just when it looked like all hope was lost, Helena spied a wolverine hurtling towards them. Before she knew what was happening, Jade was bitten in the heel and fell backwards. A violent swoop from Helena and the sword was out of the witch's hand. One more swoop in the other direction and Helena had chopped her head off. She stared intently at the grotesque evildoer lying dead at her feet. Then she looked over at the wolverine that had attacked her assailant and saved her life. Not expecting a response, she said to Hans, My dear beast, do you realise what an important and heroic deed you have done this day? The princess went wide-eyed when she saw the wolverine nod back at her. Then she looked even more shocked as the wolverine transformed into a human being. But he did not turn back into the little boy he had been, but rather a fully grown, matured, handsome young man. I'm free. You have saved me, Princess Helena. You killed the witch and broke her spell over me, said Hans. No, it is you who saved me, replied the princess. He did not dare contradict her, but simply bowed in humility. Look over there, she yelled suddenly. Hans turned around and looked over at the boulders in the distance. 
the tree atop them was turning into a woman. Hans looked closer. It was his mother. The mother and son embraced and wept for joy in each other's arms. The princess was moved to tears too. The three of them headed back to the palace to join Emerald. One hour later the troops combed the forest, looking for any of the coven. They came back with Kak and Khalifa, the slave traders. They bowed before the princess, and Khalifa said, Please, your highness, show us mercy. You are a civilised Christian after all. Helena replied, You showed no mercy to your victims. You cannot undo what you have done. You claim to worship a God who is all-merciful and compassionate. Is this your idea of being all-merciful and compassionate? You will get all the mercy and compassion you've shown to others. Chak and Khalifa were impaled on wooden spikes and they died in agony three days later. Princess Helena explained that she was a princess and not a queen because she had not yet found the right man to marry. Instead, her kingdom was run by a committee of twenty advisers who never really agreed on anything, so nothing really got done. But after meeting Hans, she knew she had found the right man. Hans and Helena were married and ruled as king and queen. His mother lived in the palace as the queen mother. When Emerald was older, she married Helena's younger brother. There was peace and prosperity throughout the land, and they lived happily for the remainder of their days. The End <laughs>